To be the best, you need to play with the best. You might not have your own personal high-level circle of women yet, but you can hang with us on The Female Millionaire Show. I'm Midori Verity, serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and I interview badass female founders and cut through to what you really need to know. So in 20 minutes, you have what can take years to learn. If you're wanting to play bigger, come play with us. Join the female entrepreneur revolution today. Cheers. We are here with an incredible woman who has just a long tenure of starting businesses, finding a niche, finding a need, doing things from what she, the, the quote that she gave me was, do good while you're doing well. And that just warmed my heart because for those of us in business, especially for women, I think that's a natural thing that we always want to do is we want to build these amazing businesses so that we can contribute back to our communities, to our families, to others, and leave the world a better place. This is what the conversation that I have quite often. And here we have Betsy Weaver with us, and she's done that exact thing. She has done amazing things. So let's dive right in, Betsy. Thank you for being here with us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So give us, I know that you've done so many things, but give us a high level view of what you have done since you have started your entrepreneurial journey. Well, let me start with something that's timely because it's in the news today. Um, I was lucky enough to be in the Carter administration, and I was also lucky enough to be in the very first Department of Education that at, that was the first time education made it to that level. And that was because of President Carter. And I think uh, I, we were talking before this interview, and one of the things that I said, my dad actually said this to me first. He said, you can, you can do well, but always do good along the way. And one of the things we were discussing was the fact that President Carter and his wife, Rosalind, they both lived that. They live that. And in the businesses, I've been lucky enough to exit twice. But in both of those cases, it's been very important for me to do good while I was doing well, but not to be confused with the fact that I also wanted to make millions of dollars. Right. And that's okay. That's what I loved about when I started talking with you, Betsy, is that it's okay. We should be wanting, you know, if we're going to put in the time and the sweat and the tears, right, then We should be building amazing things. And then also, let me just back up for a second. I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs at different levels of success. And one thing that I see quite often, it tends to be more with males, which I think is so interesting, is that they will build these amazing businesses, but they're not happy. And I feel like that comes from not being in alignment with their core values and what makes their heart sing and what, what they really want. They don't have that, that feeling of contribution. And that's such an easy thing that we can all do when we're lucky enough to have that, that ability to give back to others, whether it's financial, whether it's time, whether it's with your business, whatever it is. So talk to me a little bit about, I think even the businesses that you have founded, Betsy, they have been in alignment with a niche that where you saw a need. So let's start there. 
Yeah, I think that's really important that I think entrepreneurs get into business because they see something, they see a place that doesn't fit a need for a certain set of consumers. And my first business was actually easy because I was filling a need for women who were working full time outside their home but they lived in a specific region. So they lived in the Boston region, in New England region, and there were no resources for those women like myself who came back from the Carter administration and said, I'm not staying home, I'm, I'm working full time. Now, where do I find information about birthday parties, classes, things for my kids? And there was nothing there. They were just slick magazines. And so I was one of the founders of the regional parenting publication niche of America. And now there's one in every major city. And that's good. That's good for business. It's good for advertisers. And it's very good for women. But I, I think it's really important, too, in terms of thinking of starting a business. It has to come from something you as a person believe and need. So not and I think one of the needs I had was to be a successful woman in business. When I was growing up, because I'm older than you are, when I was growing up, my choices from my father, who was a businessman and an entrepreneur, were you probably want to be a mother, a nurse, a teacher, a this, that. And I said, no, siree, I want to run a business and I want to make millions. But that was also when he also reminded me that where I came from and what I care about is to do good while I'm doing well. But I think it's really important that when you start a business, you have a burning need to be a successful businesswoman. Because we know you're going to get punched in the gut and, and knocked out at the knees, right? That's just part of part of the journey. That's right. But that's why it's really important when you're starting a business. And I think you talk about this a lot. And I think it's great. And that is that nobody starts, I don't care who you are, nobody starts and runs a business themselves. They have to have great guidance and great, I think you need a kitchen cabinet. I think you need an advisory board and you need to leverage what's in your community that could help you grow your business. And you also, most of all, you need to have a driving need to add something that's not there, that hasn't been there before, I think. That doesn't mean that you have to invent something new, but it means that you have a driving need to make something, to make a difference. And that goes back to doing good and doing well at the same time. Let's dive into that a little bit more, Betsy, about you talking about you need an advisory board. You need you need others to help you get to this next level. I'm, I'm speaking at an event next month, and it's all about getting financing or investment into your business. And what I see a lot with especially women in business is that they shy away from going after the VC funds or after the angel investing, um, after the, the you know, there's, there's all kinds of different investment tools out there for your business. But what I am trying to bring into those who I work with is this idea, this new concept of how you want to get to that multi-million dollar business. If you don't have the funds already to help you grow to that, how do you do this? How do you hire those people? How do you build a board of advisors? Let's talk more about how do you build a multi-million dollar business that you can sell? Well, I think that's, of course, the million dollar question. But I think the 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 basic um, answer to that question is nobody does it alone. 
-hmm. You have to get advisors. The ideal advisors, from my point of view, are people that have invested in companies for a long time, that that aren't afraid of early stage companies. That doesn't mean they're going to become your investors, but it means that they know the landscape. And I think it's also important to say the statistics are are rife with information that women entrepreneurs are are less funded than men entrepreneurs. So the traditional bank or the traditional VC is not as likely. Now, I'll tell you in my first business, nobody wanted to invest in my first business. But after I sold my first business, then I had much more interest from more traditional VCs and investors. But that doesn't really matter. It doesn't where you doesn't matter where you are in the journey. You have to understand that nobody does it alone. Nobody has. And if you're smart, you get a, a slam dunk legal, you know, corporate lawyer, you get a slam dunk accountant, and then you get people who you've known for a long time and who know you and trust you, and you get them to be your advisory board. Um, in my first business, I had a fiduciary board. I had a board that was part of, that was an ink. Um, and my second two businesses have been subchapter S's. But in my first business, I had a fiduciary board, but it wasn't very hard because my my finances were pretty straightforward and simple in the beginning. But I was part of a roll-up, meaning that I got very good return on that investment for that company because there was a national, actually it was a British multi-billion dollar company that wanted to roll up all of the regional parenting publications and they had to have Boston. So I was able to exit in that way. But in general, it's I still go back to, I was lucky enough to be um, part of women-owned business associations. I was lucky enough to be part of a, a tech. I don't know whether you know about tech, but there are many organizations that you pay to be part of it and you meet monthly and you talk to other business owners at different stages. And I think that's really good to do. But then it's also very important to mine your local environment. Whatever your market size is, find out who's there that can help you. There are organizations in Boston that is an organization of all of the businesses council in Boston that's put together something to give high school students a chance to have summer jobs in businesses. And that's very important for all kids. And it's very important for businesses too. And I've had a relationship with them for 10 years, but find out what's in your locale and don't underestimate who you will meet as a result of it. Because when you join, you meet other people who have other networks and other contacts, and that can be very valuable when, as what you were talking about a moment ago, you want to raise money. Yes. So when you want to raise money, also when you want to get new ideas, right? We, we get stuck as entrepreneurs when we're, you know, especially now that we're in this, this uh, time where more of us are working from home or an office where we're just by ourselves, right? We get we don't realize what other ideas are out there. So when you go to these business groups and you meet other very successful or high level people or very experienced people, new ideas come about, right? And you can take right. one concept and that's, you know, I'm experiencing that right now with my business is we have what's called fuel the fire. We have the small, we call them business growth circles for women and they meet bi-weekly and they talk about growing their business and they support each other. And it's, it's been amazing now because of the type of people I get to meet such as yourself, Betsy and other very successful women, 
my brain has, has expanded into what's possible. And so new things are coming about in the next year. It's critical to get outside of your own environment and go meet these people. Find if you, if you're someone who, um, maybe is an introvert or I'm even an extrovert, but I'm uncomfortable going to networking events, find little ways for you to break into these groups where you can go start a conversation or join a conversation because that's where the gold is. And I absolutely agree with you, Betsy. And I think also in addition to that, I I agree with you too. Um, In addition to that, there is the natural process. It's now in, in business schools, they're teaching entrepreneurship in a slightly different way than they did five or 10 years ago. There was the concept that you got this idea and then you built it. But really what happens, you got this idea and with your research and doing all the community things you're describing, it pivots. In other words, no good successful idea is fully baked when you start. It's going to pivot and you have to be, you have to persevere with your idea, but you have to be prepared to pivot because when you pivot, you're recognizing something in the marketplace or something with your customer base or your business model that could be better if you did. So I think another thing to remind people is that it's not a straight shot. No matter how good or how big a company looks, whether it looks like a unicorn or it looks like it's never going to sell, it's got to it, it's a it's a, an amorphous thing. It's going to evolve as you evolve and as you learn and as you get input from your advisors. So pivot, think pivot, stick with it, persevere, but think pivot. I, I agree. It's, we call them in um, Feel the Fire, we call them waypoints, right? We're always looking at what our goals are because you do want to know, you want to have a structure as to what where you are planning on going. It may change as you talked about, um, but you want to have kind of the overall structure of what are you about? What is the premise of your organization? So that there's a difference between what you talk about with pivoting and then with shiny object syndrome. So I just want to be really clear with that because that can be yeah. a big problem for, for us entrepreneurs. Um, but yes, I completely agree with you. There's kind of these new, you know, new seasons of business, new chapters of your business as you evolve and as you learn more and as you get new opportunities. Yes. So that's kind of the the fun journey of entrepreneurship, isn't it? Yes, I I think so. But I also think, too, that there are moments in time where you are listening and learning and trying to figure out how to proceed, that you also have to be really good at researching your topic and knowing your market. And for example, in May of 2023, the uh, World Economic Forum put out a report. They do it every year. So people should look it up. It's what jobs are going to look like and what they're going to need in the future. And the one that came out in May of 2023 said, because so much is happening in terms of technology, what All the kids now who are in school, no matter what school they go to, by the time they get to the job market, they're going to have to be schooled in analytical thinking and creative thinking. Now, the truth is, 
in our educational system, because I have a number of degrees in that area, in our educational system, we really have focused for lots of reasons. We've focused on things that are much more didactic and have to do with math and science. There's nothing wrong with that, but our kids are going to be left behind if we don't focus on something that has to do with critical thinking. Now, that's not being creative and doing arts and crafts or theater or music. Critical thinking is how you teach yourself and how you teach others to go beyond where they are right now. And we as entrepreneurs, we are critical thinkers in terms of we're creating something new and we have to be able to help others and ourselves and the marketplace go beyond where it is. And that really is sort of the the, the the nut of my new business is saying, hey, you've got to do your research. You've got to know what's going on in the marketplace. You've got to have an idea. You've got to follow through on the idea. That idea has to make you millions. But in addition to that, it has to do good. But it also has to listen to what's going on in the planet now and make sure that you leverage what you hear and you know, for example, creative thinking. If something you're doing is relevant to creative thinking, then you're right on target. And if you've done your homework, you've done the research around your marketplace and you'll find things like that. But I think that's really important that you have to, yes, be persevere. Yes, you have to pivot, but you also have to know what's coming down the pike for your customers. And you have to be ahead of that. Couldn't agree more. Tell us more about your business. This your your newest business yep. that you are launching or that you have launched. Talk to us yep. about that. Okay. So this is a business which is recognizing two crises in um, education. One is that our children have, well, for example, they have 83% fewer creative outlets than kids that were in the 1980s. Now, why is that? Well, we know because we're on right now, screen, screen time. Unfortunately, screen time has brought us a lot of value and benefits, but it's also made it very difficult for kids between the ages of five and 18 to sustain engagement. So they're dropping out of school. They might be showing up, but they've still got their phone in their pocket and they're not paying attention. They're not engaged. So that's one crisis. The second crisis is what I was just talking about. Holy mackerel, what are we doing to help kids with creative thinking? What are we doing? And the truth is not a whole lot. But what we thought about is we said, hey, one of the hottest markets and fastest growing markets worldwide is the subscription market. Everybody you know, including yourself, I'm sure, have some kind of subscription. If you if you have Amazon Prime, that's a subscription. If you have something for your pet that comes every month, that's a subscription. So we created a new subscription that recognizes, I don't know if you can see this, yes. but this is the first book in a series. There are two trilogies, and the concept is that we're engaging kids and an adult a reader and a listener in a journey, a quest to get better in touch with what they think will come next, what's beyond, what's happening next. And it's, it's, I showed you a book because kids, seven out of 10 kids would rather read a book that you hold in your hand that has pictures than they would 
online. That's number one. Number two, there are lots of, for example, grandparents that would love to have meaningful relationship with, with their grandkids once a week and talk to them about this book and the story and the activities, because the book leads you to a digital realm where you meet a wizard and you meet all sorts of characters. And every single character in every single page is inviting you to try things, to do new things, to go down a, a, an educational rabbit hole and to learn more with your partner. And we're, this is the first year of proof of concept. And we're doing that in, with just startup, you know, early funding. And based on that, the concept or the business will be that instead of trying to get more and more subscribers, consumers, we're going to prove that this is a great way to engage an adult and a child in creative thinking and becoming changed. And we're going to license this in education, in subscription books, and um, different types of subscriptions, in entertainment, and in edutainment. I love it. What, so where do we find these books? What's this business? Well, where you find these books originally is, unfortunately, you can't find them because we're in the first year. I can send you or anybody that wants to know, I can send you our sort of spaceholder website that tells you about it. But we're piloting. The pilot group begins actually in December. And we're going to test this out. And we have high analytics on it. And so where you find it is, I guess you'd have to contact us. We'd be happy to, if you want to subscribe, if you have a grandparent or an, and a child between the ages of five and tens, and you'd like to subscribe, we can certainly arrange that. But it'll be primarily for the pilot year. And the subscriptions are a nominal fee, but we're going to be trying it first. So the easiest place to find it right now would be um, on our website, but it's not really been designed for prime time. But you can learn more about us and what we're doing. And that's bggcreativestudios.com. And BGG stands for the first character in the, the lead character in the first book is B. The second one is Gad. And the third one is Gloman, the first wizard ever. Sounds remarkable. I love it. And that was one of my favorite things with my kids was to read to them and, and see their create, you know, see their, their mind, you know, go into these other little worlds and or big you're worlds. And you're exactly right. What doesn't happen with an iPad or an iPhone or with a screen is that you're not left to let your mind wander, to let your mind doodle, imagination doodling really helps you begin to ask questions. And if you're prompted to say, what are you thinking about? Or what do you think's next? Or what would you do now? Um, if you're not primed to do that, then you're not exercising those imagination muscles and you should exercise them every day. Oh, it's so helpful, especially for entrepreneurs. We have to get creative. It's, it's a huge part of it. And with our kids, Einstein, he said one of the most valuable thing that what he would do in school, if he was able to create a school, this is what Einstein talked about is, is add more creativity. He yeah. said that's, that's where it's at. Actually, he has a great quote similar to that, that I'll share with you and your listeners. And that is that a woman came to him and said, you're so smart. How do I get my kid to be as intelligent as you? And he said, read them fairy tales. 
And he said, she said, no, no, no. I mean, really, really intelligent. He said, okay, then read them more fairy tales. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. From Einstein. He knows a thing or two. Yep. And as, as President Carter and his good wife would say, um, make sure you're doing good while you're doing well. Completely agree. Thank you so much, Betsy. So you told us the website. Is there anywhere that we can find out more about you and your business journey? Oh, you can go to LinkedIn. I'm sure you have that that link already. Um, just Betsy Weaver and LinkedIn. It talks about, yes, my journey. Yes, go check but her I, out. But I think it's really important. And I was helped a lot by people like you and people in groups I was in. And I want to say to all of your listeners or however you do this, that I'd be very happy, happy to speak to any of them. They can just call me up. And if you want, I can give you my telephone number or they can um, send me a text or an email and I would be happy. A lot of people help me. That's part of getting help. A lot of people help me along the way and I'm here to help you. I want to thank you so much for that because often we feel like, you know, we can go to different groups, but having someone who has been there, done that and is willing to share their, their wisdom, there's so much gold there. And the fact that you're open to that is, is amazing. So thank you. Yeah. And and you know, it works both ways. We're always learning and we're always growing. So the more people call me, the better I get. There you go. Well, you're sharp as a tack. So I will, so I will get your, your phone number. We'll add it into the show notes so people can have it. So that you're not getting spammed by all kinds of people, Betsy. Well, it, you know, if people want it and they are, you know, they're willing to go through that trouble to find it, then those are the people that you want to be talking with. So we'll have it in the show notes for all of you and how to get a hold of her. But I do recommend when you talk with someone like Betsy or someone else who has a lot of experience, write down your questions beforehand, know where you're going. And then And then get creative as you're listening to their advice, because more ideas will come. Thank you so much, Betsy. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Anytime. I will take you up on that. I will take you up on that. Thank Thank you for being here. Bye.